Coming out of the past, it is the Bennett Brothers podcast for the Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. television show, and I am Jerry Bennett. And I am Joel Bennett. Thank you for joining us yet again as we talk about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the final season. We're going to break down the latest episode, Out of the Past, and we're also going to break down the episode titled Out of the Past. We're going to spoil it, so if you haven't seen it yet and you want to without being spoiled, go there first. If you want to join the conversation, go to facebook.com slash Bennett Brothers Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at Bennett Bros Pod or send us an email, an electronic mail, Bennett Brothers Podcast at gmail. You just define email. I sure did. Wow. Someone's got to define it. Also, go to patreon.com slash Bennett Brothers Podcast to get exclusive access to mini casts, little short mini casts that are for your pleasure, uncensored stuff it's great it's crazy it's crazy go there the only Say way to words get it like crud crud and beluga it's it's wild stuff it's wild territory wild west stuff i don't know why beluga was the word i felt like i had to find something in order to get these mini casts you just need to donate and that helps us out on our end so we would really appreciate that if you don't want to do that though and you want to just keep listening that's totally all right maybe just give us a uh, a nice review on Please whatever sort of podcast to bring in more uh, and, yes, any sort of podcast uh, platform you download your podcast on, and that helps us out and get more listeners over here. And we're not stopping after Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7. We're going to keep going with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We're going to keep going with the DCEU. No. Wait. Is that DC, FU. FU. Well, it's, it's not extended from anything. To be an extended universe would mean you're extending from something else. I think it's called DCU. They want to call it the DCCU, but they can't, so they've chosen the E. I've, we've had this conversation. I know we've had it's this the conversation. DC Film Universe. I don't know why that's so hard. It's but the we're DC gonna con- FU. Why is that an issue? <laughs> why is con- FU an issue? I don't understand. <laughs> FU. <laughs> They're doing it just to spite you by saying DC FU, Jerry. Uh-huh. So we're going to keep going with the DC stuff. We're going to keep going with Marvel, uh, with the Star Wars and, and the Marvel shows on on. Disney that, Plus. Now, by the way, that is, that, that is the Star Wars Extended Universe. I'll give you that one. Sure. Yeah, no, that's fine. And then it's also the Marvel Extended Universe, so the MCEU. Now you've gone too far. Oh, okay, I've gone too far. Jerry has said I've gone too far. So give us a nice review because we're going to keep going with this stuff as long as we want and as long as you want us to. So that also <laughs> that also helps. And anything else I got? So when we normally do the news here. We don't have any news. No news for you. No news. Good news. There's not a lot of news going on right now because everything's kind of starting back up production-wise. Uh, I guess, you know, one of the news is that they're starting back up with the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. This is what we call not news. Not Keep going. news. Not news. But, yeah, so there you go. Uh, I think the Obi-Wan Kenobi show can get, can go, though, because they're still doing the same technologies for The Mandalorian, which we've talked about on our Mandalorian podcast where it's the green screen, but it's not green screen. It's actually the animated background, uh, the, the 3D animated video graphics background. And it's almost a minute of not news, just so we're clear. Yeah. So now you know. <laughs> now you have those answers. You can share it with your friends when you gather around with them safely. Oh, my God. Stop talking. It's wonderful. Oh, my God. Stop talking. It's wonderful. Please stop talking. Please. Stop <laughs> it's going to be a terrible podcast if I stop talking. No, no, no. <laughs> I, let's find out. <laughs> I say we go with that as an experiment, and we'll see how terrible it turns out. Again, as always, if you contact us in any way, Uh-oh. we are so desperate Uh-oh. for contact that we will con- reply to your contacts. Uh, before I get into our our big, obviously, uh, our go-to every, uh, every, every week, which is the Get Pierce segment. Get Pierce. We, I also have to point a, a call out to 
Wayno, Wayno appreciated in the last podcast or the one before it, whichever one it was, which I mentioned that uh, we had to stop talking because of the neighbors in the mm-hmm. pool while I'm outside here on your deck. Uh, Wayno was one of those neighbors. He was drinking, and he acknowledged how funny that was. Yes. So he, he Wayno, also apologized to me as well, which was really nice. He of him. apologized. Said, There's no apologizing. Like, hey I think man, it was sorry about ruining your podcast. And I was like, ruining it. This is the best this podcast. I never got. Years. We're gonna switch our podcast. This is the Bennett Brothers podcast for the neighbors' pool party <laughs> on a Tuesday. Drink up. Here's the ambient sound you've been waiting for. So there you go, Wayno. Pass that on all to your friends. <laughs> Which is basically the neighbors. Yes. Now on to what do you what? It's us. It's us. It's <laughs> All right. Us. Now on to our get Pierce segment. Get Pierce. <laughs> you got a production value. His comment for the last episode, the one we're going to be talking about, his he says he likes this season. Wish they had done this earlier. The time travel stuff. I agree with him. I think last season was struggling. They time traveled last season. However, the scene where Colson tra- tells Sosa or Susa that he's dead was too quick and insensitive. Colson claims to be a big fan. I'd think he'd be a little more caring about breaking the news to him that his life, as he know it, as he knew it, is over. Hmm. Uh, and that's actually a valid point that is in a valid what is point. normally a goofy get Pierce segment because we never have seriousness. But he's actually taken a real moment there and given me something to think about, which we did not acknowledge that at, at all. Or actually, we haven't, we haven't talked, talked about, about it. it. <laughs> Maybe we did acknowledge it in the future. But I thought that was actually a, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, interesting. I want to talk about that when we get to that section. So thank you, Ed, for your comment. And as always, please comment, and we will talk about whatever you said, because we why not? Why not? Joel, the episode is titled Out of the Past. What did you think of this episode? You know, the first time watching it, I didn't really like it as much. I thought it was clever. Wow. I thought it was very clever. I thought there was a lot of stuff they did. But something about it, the, the pacing of it, Maybe it's not any differently paced in any episode, but other episodes, but I found myself falling out of it a little bit more. I, I wasn't as engaged. Now, the second time watching it through, still not as – like, it was still not as – I don't know. The, the, the electricity, the intensity, the whatever I had from the previous episode or the previous episodes just felt a little bit less. And maybe it's the noir aspect of it. Maybe they, I felt like they were trying too hard with some of it. Uh, it's a little gimmicky. Uh I don't know. I enjoyed it. I think it's clever, and I know I'm definitely in the minority here because this episode's getting rave reviews all over the place, and it's getting huge ratings. Um, uh, huge ratings, as in people are rating it very high on places like IMDb and Metacritic. Uh, but it's it was a good episode, but and it and it, we have a lot to talk about, which I always appreciate. But I just you know it was I don't think it was as good as the, the previous couple episodes. You're even a minority in our podcast, which is weird because it's 50-50. I don't know how you did it, but you've done it. Uh, I thought this was the best episode yet of the season. I think the episodes keep getting better. This episode flew by. My wife and I uh, were just enjoying this episode. Nothing said, nothing is popping out that I want to say like that, that, oh, because they made this innovation or, or this never-before-done revelation. But enjoyed the heck out of this episode. It was a good time. It kind of uh, did some things that we kind of speculated was happen, and because of the execution was done so well, 
I'm excited to see where the show is going. I think they've done something great here. I mean, would you I want them it. to do gimmicky episodes like next week? Like, like the, if they would have done it more of a monster episode the previous week where it was in the 1950s, so it would have been more of a, a monster lookout, and they'd be doing all these things, and they do a Japanese or like a like a Japanese samurai episode, and it's very stylized that way. Because that's what that. it felt very. This felt very gimmicky. I found Not that for they the decided to do it in a certain way. Uh, to 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 feel a certain way, and I thought that their their reasoning behind it was solid, and the acknowledgement of while they did it, acknowledging it, winking at the camera, yet never making me feel like it was a silly moment or something that they knew that this was making light of it to the point of mockery. I thought this worked all the way around from the very beginning, including the beginning where the logo Marvel logo turned black and white. I was I was like, whoa, oh here we go. This is they're, they're going into it, followed by Coulson's narration, putting us into uh, not so much a 50s, but a 40s feel of a Sam Spade, Humphrey Bogart detective feel, which is more 40s, maybe bleeding into the early 50s. Uh, you know, obviously, there's a, a time period that you can adjust that the way I, I would normally associate that with earlier. Having said that, though, I thought I just loved how it was executed, why it was executed, and then outside of the gimmick aspect of it, the actual story was enjoyable, mm-hmm. was wonderful, and where we go from here, I'm, I'm in love with it. So. No, I still, I still like the story. Again, if this wasn't in black and white and done film noir, I think it still would be a good episode. I just, I don't know, it just seemed, I think, I think they're having a lot of fun with this final season. I think they're having a lot of fun. This episode is actually directed by Gary A. Brown, who's directed 10 episodes of S.H.I.E.L.D., but the reason I bring this up is because he's been a producer on 127 out of like the 136 episodes. So he's a longtime producer of the show, and he probably was like, I want to direct this episode. I want to do a film noir episode. I'm sure he got some say in it and things like that. Thank and there, you, are some, there are some certain uh, film noir aspects that I like of this. It, it Just again, it, it seems like a... I don't know. It just He's tongue-tied, like people. He's it seems tongue-tied. like they're having fun with it, and that's good for them. I just don't know if it was necessary. But we'll talk about it. Maybe I'll change my mind. Maybe I'll change my mind. So we're going to start this episode. It does start in black and white with a flashback and with narration. Uh, <clears throat> interesting. Another interesting side note. This episode is dedicated to Joseph Teague. Which we don't find until the very end. Yeah, he's he was a rigging grip on the episode. Okay. Uh, on, he's a rigging grip. On Agents of Shield, he's How been did on he almost die? every. He died in a traffic accident early this month. Early, Is it early to May. The show because they do such terrible car. Early, well, no, no. This, I don't think he had anything to do with the actual series. He just died in a bad car accident early May two, 2020. So they dedicated right. the show to him because he's, you know, we don't get to see this, but and a lot of people yeah. work on the show from start to finish, from the season one to 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 now that you just don't know, and they obviously bond as a family we see the, we see the actors but there's a lot of people who work on these shows who are from the beginning and uh so that was nice of them to at least dedicate this episode to someone you would never think about the rigging grip or he was also became the best boy grip or best boy rigging grip so so i just wanted to point that out before we get any further in so this episode takes place july 22nd 1955 we see this in a newspaper and colson calls it out uh, just some things in the newspaper. There was uh, a couple of the headlines. More atomic subs are planned. There's something. There's an article about Duke Ellington, and there's an article about Dwight D. Eisenhower. All um, fictional characters at this point. Apparently, uh, <laughs> Dwight D. Eisenhower is for those of you not listening in the United States, he becomes the president of the United States. And Duke Ellington was the leader of GI Joe. <laughs> nice. What? 
<laughs> no, that was, that was great. Duke Ellington was a musician. He may have done that also. And so this is a very important date that Coulson notes, and we get this little like side fl- side flash side flash side. I don't know. I don't know what you call it. A, I know whatever it is. It's not, not called that. that. It's called something. We get to see the the book, a history of Shield from the Shield Academy. So this is like the textbook they use, and he opens up to Daniel Sousa's page, and we find out that Daniel Sousa sacrificed not himself. That. That's a good catch. Good catch. He sacrificed himself, or he died that day. He is the First, we see the, the memorial that we've seen in the movies, Winter Soldier, and I think we've seen in the TV show before, the memorial uh, of dead, of fallen yes. S.H.I.E.L.D. agents and SSR agents and other agents. Um, it's going back first season stuff. He is the first agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. when S.H.I.E.L.D. formed to, to die in line of service. We see a dead body in the pool, and immediately, immediately, again, having watched... Uh, I just under a million hours of television, I was like, well, that's clearly not him. I mean, he's not going to, whatever the storyline is, is he, they're not going to kill him that way. Hopefully they didn't think we were going to ever believe that. There was no point where I thought like, oh my God, that's his dead body at the beginning, but that's fine. Well, no, I actually, I, I went along with the idea no, that they might kill didn't off buy so we, even, we talked about it last episode. Just, you said just there was the, three options the for what they can do with Susan. Come on, come on. The idea of this television show, introducing this character, starting out with his dead body and the fact of the matter is, is that at that point you're like, also, we're not seeing his face. There's no way. In you know, I know like Archer, they showed him in the pool in that that TV series when they huh. did the same thing. But it's like, there's no point. You you actually thought that was him in that. They movie. kill off characters. You never you know all the time you're in the show. Lying to yourself. Well, I mean, I'm just saying they kill off <laughs> characters all the time. In I know, the but there's no way you bad. thought that that was him. I, well, I didn't. Not that I didn't. I didn't. It, I when, did when it's, the, fir- like when it's it. the first one of the first things you see in this episode, I don't go, Is that him? I, I'm just getting into the episode, so I usually don't think that way when I start. But it doesn't mean that they couldn't kill his character off and get, and it still doesn't mean said, they can't kill I him just off. Said in I this. knew that wasn't him. I mean, I'm just, uh, whatever, that's fine. Uh, um, interesting. I did like the, fra- the phrasing here also. Like, remember, we talked about the gimmick. Is his Colson's phrasing here is the color had bled from the world. I love that word, the wording, so it kind of gets us to the black and white, and he's hearing the voice echoing in his head. I, again, as soon as I heard that, I was like, man, this is this is it. This is the writing. This is, get this. Is, you know, they're, they're acknowledging the look without, I mean, they didn't have to. They could have just had this look a certain way just, just for fun, just for, you know. Well, they acknowledged it last episode, too, when his eyes started to come back to life. What do you mean they acknowledged it last episode? Well, hey, do you, do you think this has to do with, so when Colson gets knocked out by the EMP, his eye starts to flicker back on at the end of the yeah, last what episode. About that? How'd that acknowledge anything? <clears throat> is this is this why he's living in black and white noir? Yeah, because or, he's rebooting and he's, he's not. Or he's, is it because up. he got shot later in the episode? We established that well at the beginning of this episode when he's going through this, he's not shot. He's just okay. coming back from the uh, yeah, the EMP. So and they fix him at the end of the episode. So that's where I associate all that with because him taking bullet shots. That does that that never affected any of this is is what they've showed us. Okay, I didn't know if this was going on now or this was all taking place in flashback. Flashback because we obviously are in flashback. We see the dead body in the water before you know. This is all. Well, I have it written here. The reason I talk about the line "color bled from the world" and heard my voice in the head was after we saw the flashback. So it was kind of like going back to his present. You can understand why it might be confusing if we're seeing a flashback from the end of the episode in the beginning of the episode and me thinking maybe it was the bullets that he gets shot with causes the problem. I understand why you would think that, yes. I'm not not saying you couldn't think that. I'm saying having done that, having him getting shot earlier in the previous episode, taking one to the shoulder, 
and they've established that he can take a shot. That's Previous, I, previously in the season. You mean. Yes, yes, yes. I also want to point out there the name next to Sousa on the um, or Sosa or Sosa on the wall. I think it's. I'm pretty sure it's Sousa. Daniel I, I'm, Sousa. I'm pretty sure it is too, but I just messed up right now. Okay, uh, is Cor- uh, is C diced? Uh, and I, the only reason I looked this up because I was just curious if C Dice was a agent of Shield or anything like that. And the only thing I found was there was a um, a costumer who worked on the show from 2013 to 2014 named Corey Dice. So that is absolutely whoever that is. I'm sure it was. And the name next to that is Agent K Blackwell. And that did not have any relevance that I could find online in any of the crew database or anything like that. So we get into the episode here. Uh, Coulson mentions we get he's trying to talk his way out of Sousa and trying to change the narrative because the day has changed, he said. The day is now different than what it normally was, so he needs to get time back on track. We get a mention of Howard Stark here. Do you think maybe we might have gotten a little cameo of Howard Stark? No, but I like the mention of it. Obviously, also we're told that Sousa's contact was a chronicon. Was that that's I was wondering why in the previous episode, and I mentioned this in our last podcast, when they show the mel- melted body, they show Sosa looking at the mm-hmm. nameplate, which is the one thing that didn't melt. Lindwell. And we didn't have any acknowledgement of why he did that at all. And then in the previously on, they showed that again. And it obviously is relevant to the fact that they're saying that that was his contact. So I thought that was an important little bit of detail right there. Coulson needs to get in contact with the rest of S.H.I.E.L.D., so the way he's going to do that is Hello, by contacting Coulson. the Crazy Canoe, the Crazy Canoe, the new S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters, or new S.H.I.E.L.D. It's the bar where Enoch yes. works. Yes. He's been there for two decades 24 now. years he's been there. And he's talking to Tom, who's played by Larry Clark, and he's been a background actor in about a billion things, according to IMDb. Enoch is in Los Angeles, correct? Yes, he's, acro- he's is, across the country. And where are we at? We in are in New York. New York. So that is no. One of- flip that. Enoch is in New York. Are We're in Los sure? Angeles. Yes, because they need to take the train. The, remember the docks? They were they were the first couple episodes took place in New York, and. They are on the train to L.A. from okay, Area sense. 51, Nevada, uh, that area. Yes. Uh, so that's that's where he is. But Enoch's across the country. Yo-Yo and Deke are in a car. Yes. Uh, first of all, uh, I want to point out, there we get a message. And we were in the Zephyr. We do find out that Lindwell's death did change the future because Lindwell is responsible for doing some things with shield bringing the tech to howard stark Some things okay and so he's not able to bring the briefcase tech to howard stark because the chronoticons have killed him have and taken his face him. are you just gonna do the enoch voice the whole time i didn't know i was doing it. <laughs> <laughs> i just find it very pleasant to do yes yeah, so jerry mentioned the car we get a yo-yo and deke pairing here which they is... are the agents of status quo yeah interesting yo-yo and deke i don't know if we've had a lot of pairings of the two of them but this is nice that they took two of our characters that don't get a lot of time together and put them together let me ask so you something are... about deke i noticed this maybe it's the clothing or whatever but does he look dramatically or substantially or again again it should maybe it's not because they filmed this back to back with season does he look skinnier to you his his clothing seems to hang out okay it's hard to tell he looks looks much thinner uh, than I, I thought, but I, I I can't tell. Maybe just the way the clothing is sitting on him. I was like, oh, he looked wow. I mean, he might. Have, I think he had a beard. Yeah. For a while in the last the last season, and I don't think he has a beard. He doesn't have a beard anymore, so maybe that might be it too. 
We get uh, Jerry's favorite moments in these episodes. They have a conversation about sexism and racism and how it changes through time. But Wait, I'm okay. What are you saying? I know. Because you, you, you mentioned in previous podcasts you want them to get past this stuff. You don't want them well, to constantly it, dwell it's, on it's, it. But it is. I yeah. don't mind this coming from Deke, though, who is from the future, who is questioning these things. He's like, are women allowed to drive in the 50s? Like, it, It's a great that question. That was a funny question. Because yeah. he doesn't know. He's like, I don't know yeah, when from women start years, getting... You know, beyond us. So, yeah. Exactly. I like that he's driving, too. and he's, he's kind of learning to drive still, but he's now driving. And then they uh, talk about, uh, and I'm, this is going to be foreshadowing. They bring it up a couple times this episode. They brought it up last, last episode about they need to. Can they step in to change the future? Do they not want to keep the status quo? Should Deke have killed? Uh, should Deke have killed? Uh, why can't I think of his name? Malik when he had the chance. Uh, Yo-Yo is. They bring it up with Yo-Yo. I think at some point Deke is going to be faced with a thing, and he may actually change. The past, and they're going to have to fix that. I don't know, but they keep bringing it up. So we will keep an eye on that like you will at home, I'm sure. They make it to Lindwell's, and they find— uh, They pull out their icers. They pull out their icers. Which we they haven't find... seen in a while, and we've actually acknowledged. Yes. Why didn't Deke have an icer in the past? That would have taken care of Malik right then and there. But that's They find Lindwell, who has no face. He's the blank from Dick Tracy. Yes, and Deke Yo- gets knocked out. Yes, Yo-Yo finds the briefcase, and then Deke gets knocked out. And for and some reason, Yo-Yo can't get there because she's too nope. slow. They again. Met, they actually call that out later, though, which is nice of them. Let's so cut to that old old train next. We go to the old train station. What did you think of the the camera work? Oh, it's great. Here? I had to watch it a couple times just yeah. to see how they did it, and they literally they go through an there's, open window. There's two cuts though. There's the cut obviously going through the smoke at the beginning, which is fine. That's an obvious one. And you see the out, you see the front of the train, go through the smoke, you know, the steam, and then they're there, and then going through that open window. I was like, wow, that's that's it was really well done. And oh, I, I thought you were going to say there was a cut there because I was like, I didn't see a cut. There when was they a went cut through. through the the, there was a cut through the smoke, and well, there could have been one through the window. Oh no, that was that was pre- if there was that is some. I, I don't know saying, then why. I have the window open. I don't you know. I'm saying, I'm saying it, I'm, it was so well done. And when I played it back, it was so well done. I annoyed my wife. She's like, why are you going back? I'm like, well, because I want to see what this is. It, yeah. it, was, it was a pretty impressive shot. Because you don't pay attention to the open window. I was like, holy cow, how'd they get in the train? Was the train CG? Why would they CG a train? That's that's insane. So, so they get on the CG shot. train. Yes, they get on the CG train. We got back to the uh, crazy canoe. The CC, Enoch as we is call just it. an operator at this yep. point. Yo-Yo contact him. Yo-Yo contacts him. He's, like, ready to get back to service, and Yo-Yo wants to be put in contact with the Zephyr. What do you think about this whole sequence? I mean, obviously, Enoch's going to acknowledge it a little bit later in this episode, but the Cavalier attitude. They do they, they, they do my boy Enoch pretty bad here. And they, they do that, and they acknowledge it's no big deal, but I think, even though we're supposed to be dealing with Enoch being somebody who doesn't, I'm not saying he doesn't have emotion, but he's definitely Vulcan, Vulcan-like and not showing emotion. Do you nice. think that this is going to come back to bite them because he makes acknowledgments later in the episode regarding well, his, especially when Daisy later in the episode she's like he's fine he's a he's a Konamicon time doesn't matter and we'll yeah, see him next really, time I, it was very yeah. like because we love the character and of that, you know, I mean everybody I've talked with about loves this addition to the show and especially like. I mean, I, if Fitz was there, I don't think Fitz would have allowed that to happen. But well, Deke almost. Deke, Deke, Deke actually like, hey, buddy. did. And Enoch was already at that point reserved. He's like, I'll connect you. Which I think Deke was what, what Deke was going to ask anyways. I don't think he was going to be like, hey, we, we're coming to pick you up. But he would have still I had under- a more human moment. I understand him. why they, they're not picking him up because they can't go across country to grab him 
And so they figured it's like him being tortured for 20 to 40 years where he can't, you know, actually be with anybody. He's got to spend time as a... They it seems can very give cavalier. Us, it does seem cavalier, but they can give us a nice little thing later on in the next episode or two or whatever. And they're like, oh, Enoch invented this technology for sure. He was there and it, and it advanced S.H.I.E.L.D. this far and it, he was necessary. You know, they could do something like that as opposed to him just being a bartender. Yeah. So while we're on the train, we also see that our main characters here are being tailed. Oh, not yet. Hold on. Before we get to that, That's we are on the right. Zephyr. We have a moment where Mac talks with Yo-Yo, and this is what you were referring to. Why Yo-Yo actually uh, it's he's not, talking she, on the phone. She goes, they go, it's not your fault. And I wrote down here, yes, it yeah, is. She, well, we don't, know, we don't know why she can't use her powers. So, it, I mean, we're, we, we don't know yet. We don't know why her powers are not working. So, yeah, so we go on to the train, back to the train. Back, like Jerry said, we go there. Uh, Coulson takes some poor schmuck's briefcase. Feel bad for this guy. Just falling asleep, and someone just takes his briefcase. That's nice, Coulson. You jerk, changing time. Uh, no, it's, he <laughs> no, he's taking it because he's trying to stall. And then yes, they're getting tailed. Uh, I put actually two Russians, but it isn't Russians. They actually imply that it's Russians earlier, but it yes. is not Russians tailing them. You're sure of that? Yes. Does it, it is? Well, I mean, it could be Russians working with Hydra, but. You know, I don't know the I don't know the ethnicity. You're gonna have to tell me the people. point where they acknowledge that these are Hydra agents because I don't remember them I actually will, acknowledging. I will. Okay, so I have, they have the answer to that. Tell me about May. I got here. May is impressed for some reason. Obviously, well, so yeah, later. so they, we we finally find out what's in the package. Early shield tech. For yeah, Tony which is Stark. just like a bar oh, of metal. It's like a bar, like a, a metal bar. Of what do you sorts. think it is? I don't know. It's a great question. I don't know if we're ever gonna get that. Is it that. alien tech, or is it just? Early, I have early shield tech. Obviously, I wrote down oh. in the moment here that it's you know May is impressed for some reason. Is it uh, vibranium? That's interesting. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is. Maybe it is vibranium. Because that would make sense if they found that he's able to make a shield potentially. Well, Captain America at this point already has a shield. Yeah. So maybe I mean yeah no no it's I, but, but they we'll talk about the qu- they, they talk about the Quinjet or the Zephyr being tech coming from that so yeah i just don't know if we've established huh. and if we've missed this and somebody uh maybe this at home is knows something please let us know because i don't know what that specifically maybe this is. is the introduction for animantium jerry get out of here come on maybe this is it so they uh, and then and your jerry mentioned this is may gets really super excited about seeing this tech so and this stood out for me when i watched it. i'm like wow why is may smiling that's interesting back on the train uh, he's. They're going to drop this off with Stark, but uh, Sousa says Stark's not going to be there. It's going to be one of his lackeys that they're going to be doing the drop-off with at L.A. And then Sousa calls Stark a pompous ass, which I thought was interesting uh, because we've had Sousa meet Stark before back in Agent Carter. So I like that that comes from a place that we know if you've watched Agent Carter, and you should. And now the Chronomicon, Luke as he's called on IMDb. Uh, we haven't actually gotten his name, but that's what they're calling him on IMDb. He meets with Coulson, and then they have this whole conversation with, I'm meeting you with you because you're a robot, and they talk about mortality and how they how he's going to be alive long after his, all of his friends have died, and Coulson says humanity is the reason we're doing all this, and the Chromicon wants to exchange Earth, and they're going to be charitable to humanity if Coulson just lets them do what they're going to do. And then Coulson's like, you're just doing this because we're on to you guys. So I see I see your game. And then he's like, I'm going to make it harder for you. We get a moment here where Sousa, we see him at the bar car. He's getting hit on by a spy, we find out. 
and this is this is the not the exact moment we find we get confirmed this later but Luke called Hydra to tell Susa to tell Hydra that Susa's on the train they're going to kill him much sooner than they would have uh in the pool is and that that's true actually, that, or that, was that it gets, that that gets was, mentioned or, by Coulson. Are you sure? Or I thought that maybe he got killed on the train in the in the original timeline. Well, no, and in the original timeline, he gets killed by a pool. Are you sure that wasn't the fact that he was supposed to get killed on the train since they stopped that they had to do it later? I'm a, I thought they it was, were implying. I thought the guy who is the agent he was supposed to give this stuff to, who turned out to not be available, he, the guy who was the Chronoticon, he gives it to him in the original timeline, and then he gets killed on the train is what I thought, but obviously he got saved by the team. No, Coulson, Coulson mentions in the narration that he is doing it. They're, since they since things have changed, they're doing it sooner. They, they, Luke has called them. And we get confirmation right, of this later. We get confirmation of this later. I also then, thought when the Chronoticon came to Coulson and they pitched that deal, mm-hmm. it was a terrible deal. Oh, it's a terrible deal. I mean, it was like, it was like if you do this, you know, then you'll be, fi- you know, it's like, like, then you can, you know, you'll be fine on the earth whenever we control. It's like, that's your best pitch. It was terrible. Terrible. And then Daisy and Matt come and save the day. And they have the Quinjet on the. No, they have the, the jet. Uh, the, the jet. Oh, no, it was it, the Quinjet, I, yeah. I'm trying to say is you're right there. <laughs> the Quinjet is on the roof of the of the train. Which we've, I don't know if we've ever seen the Quinjet on the train. We've had train episodes, though. We've definitely had train episodes. Okay, so we obviously go, and this takes us to the actual Zephyr, where Sosa gets gets debriefed about the team. Great moment here. I do. Him soaking all this information and like, okay, it's like, all right. Because, again, as we talked about, uh, and I, I think we mentioned it last episode, through and not wanting to give anything away between you and I talking about it, but I was like, "Oh, Sousa's gonna go with the team," and you had made the comment the fact that we knew he was in some publicity photos or some Twitter photos mm-hmm. of him later in the season. I I was like, "He's definitely gonna stay on the team because to kill him off." Once they established in the first episode last week of him saying that there are sleeper agents, I'm like, "Well, he knows about Hydra, so he has to die, and if he doesn't die." Maybe he can get taken out of time, and that's what happens here. And I thought, so you might have that, spoiled yourself by seeing the next time on. No, it would just confirm by it. by. And this goes back to the dead body in the beginning of the episode. You're like, oh, he's clearly it didn't on the plane. Spoil. Gonna... It just, it was just, it was just the pieces no, no, fell like into spoiled. play. The fact that it, when I said, well, as soon as he knew that, I'm like, well, they can't kill me. No, it's deductive. Sounds like reason- I'm, sounds like I'm getting more out of the episodes than you. Is Watson, it was deductive reasoning on my part. I took to with the more facts information than I had, so I want to point. What that more out. information? The next time on. Well, it's just, you, you had the, the nah, get out of here. I did. So, well, we'll, we'll talk about we'll talk about that later. I want to point out this though. This is something you have brought up. You have brought up years ago when we did this podcast. So he actually later on he sees the shield logo on the Zephyr and he's like, Shield. There are shield logos on everything. That is one of the branding things they love to do uh, in Shield is they like to put the shield logo on everything they have. So mm-hmm. I'm surprised he did not see it on the Quinjet at some point. Like, hey, well, again, or, it's or a landing. New, it's the newer. It's the newer Shield logo. Or landing that, on the Zephyr when it's on the plane on the wings and things like that. He never saw the logo to go Shield. But he, I know, I know, it's, I know it's the newer logo. But, but he, he actually makes seen it on the, on the wings because the thing was cloaked. But yeah, that's true. The, I think it was had to do with. In fact, Coulson actually acknowledges this is the new shield. Yeah, that's later versus on in the episode. The logo that we see back in the past, and also the logo from the comics, and also the logo that we use as the Bennett Brothers podcast logo, is that's the older shield logo versus the newer one, which sure. is fine. But I like the older one better. I just, I'm just pointing out that we've talked about how they put their logo yes. on everything, and I'm surprised he did not see the logo. Susa did not see the logo on the Quinjet 
or walking into the yes. ship or any point since then. He only sees it at the end of the episode. I was like, oh, he's just taking in all that information. Yeah, I guess. So I have written down here, May is confused. Yep, May is confused, and then Simmons is like, "What's going on?" So they're gonna go take, a, they're gonna go check out to see what's going on with May. And then Susa, I like this moment here. Susa was like, "I think Shield is being infiltrated by Hydra," and everyone's like, "Oh yeah, we we know about, that, was about good. that." I thought that was pretty good. Hydra is behind the taking of Deke. And then we find, and then we, well, then we find out that uh, also that Malik is the re- is the reason Susa dies, not. Not because of the Russians or anything like that. It's because of Hydra. And Malik, who is in charge of Hydra, is also his superior mm-hmm. in Shield, which puts him where under Peggy Carter. She under under Peggy Carter, I would believe, because yeah. she's the founder of Shield. But right? he's above. Yeah, he's work. They're working their way up slowly. I mean, they're not there yet, but they're working their way up. Speaking so we do. Of, we uh, get to go to Malik's. Wilfred. We get to go to Malik's office, and we, Malik is eight. now as older. Uh, he's played by the actor Neil Bledsoe, who's been in Shameless. He was in uh, four episodes of Man in the High Castle. I love the I love and the he's beard. In Smash. I, he looks great. He, he looks does look like great. a villain. He's got the yeah. It's just a great look. Malik doesn't recognize D because it's been two decades, which I thought was twenty fair. Years, yeah. I totally thought that was fair, and then ends, he ends up killing one of his own guys. Kills the henchman. Yeah, and then when he kills him, there's this moment when the body falls, and they do this like quick handheld camera I don't have been handheld it might have been on a tripod but they do this like quick camera work that is very reminiscent of film noir of this like this fast whip kind of pan down did not see that and I really enjoyed that I saw that both times and I was like okay that's the kind of film noir stuff I really enjoy it was like when you really capture the camera movements of film noir and the shadows and things like that on the Zephyr we get a best line of the episode coming up here we get a yeah Coulson uh, talks about the death of Susa, how important it is to Shield, and the and how how Shield moves forward because he's an icon. Uh, he's an icon for people, and Max like the same way you are for the Avengers. And Coulson's like, well, not that much. And Max like, I'm actually yeah. talking about the moment that happened before this. What's that? When they're having a conversation, and it brings back the previous two episodes previously when they talked about killing Malik, and. They said, we can't do that. It'll change the timeline. But now that they're talking about changing the line, timeline for Susa, mm-hmm. and they make the comment that it's easier to let a bad man live than a oh. good man die. And and he goes, oh, I wish I had thought that. that you know, yeah. It's a great line. And it actually made me think about that. It's like, it's like, you know, it's like it's like we, we, we're supposed to kill this guy. He's bad. It's like it's easier to let him live. And then when you're faced with the next thing, it's like, well, this is a good it's something that Doctor Who and them have to deal with in the past. It's like, sure. It's like we got to save him. It's, I thought that was such a powerful. Line. Yeah, that was a good line. I thought you were referring to the fact that the line of Colson, the Avengers needed. No, that's all good. That's a good tie in to the MCU. Yeah. Tie in that will never, never. Tony Stark will never get to see Phil Coulson still alive, which I'll be over that until he shows up in the I next won't. movie. So Sosa wants to go after Hydra. Yeah, he wonders why he can't act, basically. And then he uh, he's like, Hydra took a lot of good people from me. And then I was like, is, that, is, he, is he referring to like Jack Thompson there? the A cliffhanger from Agent Carter? I'll go on the limb here and say they'll never mention Jack Thompson on the show. All right, all right. Well, we'll see this episode. We'll it's see. my limb. I'm going out you, on you it. You go out on that limb. And, uh, Stay away from the end of it. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't say for. I don't. I do not feel confident saying that that won't well, be answered. That's why it's a limb. So obviously Malik's out back. He's got having his conversation at this point with Deke, and Deke calls him Freddy, and he reveals to him who he is, and I, you know, that was mm-hmm. great. And I was shocked because of this. Uh, you know, 
Malik lets him go. Yeah, I don't, and, I don't trust that, that at all. But I mean, just the fact that he actually acknowledged that, mm-hmm. he's like, let's, I was like, oh my god, that's. I still don't trust that. Do you? Uh, I think that's the maybe the last remnant of who Freddie was from the previous two ep- three up ep- two episodes earlier when he was a younger person and everything. Maybe it's, nice. I, I that's the way I told. I don't think he had any malice. It was no like I'm going to let him go because I'm going to be able to tra- tell him or anything. I think that was just showing his human side still there, saying, "Yep, you saved my life. All right, like now that. we're even." That's how I took it. I like that, but I'm I would never put it past him. Like again, it was I, really the shocking that he let him go. I was the like, technology wow. doesn't exist, but like if this had been normal time, I'd be like they put a tracker on Deke. Deke has a tracker on him, but I don't think trackers have been no, invented yeah. yet at that point. Also, this, also trackers. That's just something that we assume television and movies are telling us is real, like force fields and. And, uh, tractor I think trackers games. are a little bit more real because I think we carry around a tracker in our pocket every day that can find out where we are at any time if beep, we really boop, needed boop, to. Beep, boop. And it makes that sound. It's crazy. On the Zephyr, we get May opening up. We'll get back to this a little bit later. On the at the crazy canoe, Deke gets a call. Deke calls Enoch, and Enoch connects him right to the Zephyr, we, like we talked about. And this is and the sequence Enoch where Enoch's egos is always going to be. The alone. guy's like, "You're my best friend." He's like, "You are drunk, and I don't want you to be my best friend." And then, <laughs> I'm alone in the world. That's not my. That's my Enoch. That it's was not, not a very good Enoch. That was not. A, yeah, I, I got nothing. <laughs> what do you, stop trying nothing. to do, Enoch Joel. On to the Zephyr. So uh, Mac is going to change the mission. They are going to go save Susa. He is changing his mind about what's going on there. I think this is an underrated little sequence here because Mac is very stern about like we cannot change the timeline. He's yelling about this and this is the moment when Colson has convinced him he's like, Yeah, you're right. We should go change we should go save Susa. I thought that was really an interesting character moment. And very and very reminiscent of earlier Mac. Like this is very much within his character originally to do this before he became the leader. And I thought that was really poignant and really important to point out. So we find out about May. She hasn't felt anything since the temple because she was in a world where no one feels emotions. No, she hasn't felt anything on her temple. Oh, there is what she's. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing at those hard as I am. That's pretty good though. I didn't see it coming. And anyway, I like this moment here where Yo-Yo. It's not Simmons, but it's Yo-Yo who figures out that it's based on the emotions. May starts to feel things based on the emotions of the people touching her. I also want to point well, out, no, though, it's, it's touching the fabric of her clothing. Sure, she I think it's by, people buy her because I, when I was watching the scene the second time, when they open up the briefcase and we see the tech, Simmons isn't actually touching her at that moment. Simmons isn't like, look at this briefcase, grabbing her arm. Simmons is next to her, and so they back farther away uh, in this scene. And this is when May's like, I feel less. Mm-hmm. So it's not. I, I don't think it actually has to do with the physical touching. I think it has to do with the proximity of the people she's near. I like that. We'll better. find. We'll like find out. Better. But I think this makes her character that much more interesting now. Mm-hmm. I think this is a far more interesting development than I think the panic attacks are really interesting. But yeah. I think this is a far more interesting development to her character. A character who I have not necessarily been interested in following any storyline this season. But now I want to see more. I want to see what they do with this. Seymour Hoffman. Seymour Hoffman. So this next scene here, and then, so, I, I find that there is a, there is a, I think, a mistake here. Well, so, and this is the point where also, well, first of all, Mac's not going to let Sousa die. We mentioned that. But then go back to May, and she realizes that Sousa is going to run. He's going to take off. And he does on one of the motorcycles. Is this what you're talking about? Yes. If you'll, I thought that he's in, basically in this sequence, and the door is closed on the Zephyr. And then the next scene is he's 
basically riding a motorcycle outside the it's wide a open, open door. door. Uh, it's a little I guess. All right. That, that's the only way it yeah. seemed like it was weird. That the, What door was not open before? And so now we go to the hotel room. And they also time. showed the motorcycles in the scene before. Oh, of course. Yeah. It was and when they showed that, I'm like, well, clearly he's going to go on that motorcycle. So that was very aware. I'm like, it was very the prominent. door is closed. How is he going to get the motorcycle out? You know what would be nice to show in there? Lola. That would be nice to show in there. Especially at this point. Isn't Lola like... It's a 60s car. It's a 60s car? Yeah. Oh, oh never mind then. So we go to the Hotel Roosevelt. Which is a famous hotel from what other TV show? Joel. Did you Twilight recognize Zone. it? No. The outside of that hotel, as soon as that hotel... that Is that the Biff shot, Hotel? What? Is that the Biff Tannen Hotel? No. I can't tell what the, the hotel As soon was. as we saw the hotel, we're like... Oh, that's the hotel from the TV series Angel. Angel was always in that hotel. Oh. It was the same oh, lit shot. It was like after season one when they moved from the private eyes mm-hmm. investigation to like that. They used that outside ho- a hotel. And I believe even some of the hallways that we see later, unless those are all sets, but they could obviously be a set. I think there was some of those I'd seen in the Angel episodes. Because, again, Angel was on there for four years, and they kept going to that hotel. So I was, I was like, oh, that's the Angel Hotel. And if I'm it's sure, not, I'm, sure, I'm wrong. Well, I'm sure it's a famous hotel in uh, Los Angeles that they use. Like, it's there, so like, let's shoot that. So Susha shows up for the drop, and then we get to see that Malik's guy. I think his name is like Jonathan or something like that. They listed my MTV. He is in the lobby, and Susha gives a wink to the concierge, and the concierge leaves. Susha gets up and goes. Say hello to Howard. And then he gives the he. Uh, uh, Sousa sees him, which I, I thought was good. Like, oh, Sousa's not, again, not an idiot. He realized he's being tailed. And then he f- bumps into someone with a gun. He's like, I thought I gave you the slip. Oh, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, you're he gives him the slip, and then he makes the handoff with the concierge. And he says, and he says say hello yep. to Howard for me. I also wrote a theory at this point, obviously, which is completely wrong. But I took <laughs> the idea here that we, we know the, chronic, the Chronicons can take faces. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, we've got Colson, who's got Chronicon technology in him and everything. I'm like, what if they take Sosa's face and put it on somebody else so that we see Sosa's face in the pool? And that way, that would be the way that they keep the actor on the show that that, that he it's not him that is dead in the pool. At sure. the end. Sure. I was I was waiting to see if that was going to be one way they go. Interesting. So, so you thought he might die in this episode? No, I thought that there would be somebody with his face would show up in the pool. You know, obviously, we, they didn't even bother doing that. They just had Coulson in the pool upside down, and nobody mm-hmm. bothered to turn him over. Well, we'll talk. We'll talk about that here in a second. And then we get, we get to see the scene from earlier where uh, where uh, Seuss is like, "I thought I gave you this slip," and then, and then it cuts to black, and you hear a gunshot. gunshot. But then we find out that it was Su- Su- the guy with the gun was actually Coulson, and they do the old switcheroo. switcheroo. They give Coulson his cane and everything. Before they that, actually t- though, they took Sousa out with the icer. Yes, which I thought was again clever. And then we get the whole sequence where Coulson's system is restored, his internal monologue gone, and the color is also restored. Well, yeah, we see we we hear Coulson that he you know he can take the two bullets, he can breathe underwater. This is a good thing about being an LMD. And we see, I believe it, I believe it's Simmons, and I think it's Yo-Yo. I didn't go back and double check. It could have been it could have been Daisy, but they get there when the police are there. As the coroners, and they were the ones who dragged the body out of the water right away. They're like, "We're gonna take the body out of the yes, water they, right they away." Accepted oh my god, I can't believe this is Susa. And... Yeah. What were you gonna say? Nothing. <laughs> no, no, I, I believe you're gonna say something. There. No, no, the fact that like it, it's 1950s and these two women are coming in with the gurney, I would be surprised that they wouldn't. Well, the cop been... questioned him. He's like, "We're the regular guys. And they're off." He's like, "And he, he just a couple of there. dames." Back on the Zephyr, yes, the black and white internal monologue 
uh, gets shut off. We get everything back to color. We get his his narration is gone. I thought that was a clever way of handling what they were doing in this episode, the gimmick. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really clever. Yo-Yo and Deke, again, they talk about changing the past from status quo to whatever they want to change it to. So yeah. this is foreshadowing something in but the future. But before that, we see that Mo, Mo. <laughs> I've, I've, okay, so at this point, you realize that I've watched a few documentaries on the Three Stooges in the last couple of days <laughs> on YouTube. So uh, May it gets no emotion from Coulson. Yes. She gets no, she walks by, which is the whole like, nope, I'm getting nothing from her, which is making it easier for them not to have a happy ending too soon in the season. They can't have yes. them like, we're in love. It's like we have to keep, you know, the people from Moonlighting or Sam and Diane or any other show. We got to keep them separate for a while still. So they talk about, this is the moment where they talk about leaving Enoch again behind as they jump. Because remember, they have to fly mm-hmm. when they jump. So they're starting the, the ship up. Taking Sosa Sosa, uh, Sosa, Sosa wakes up. And then Colson explains what's going on. This is what Ed Pierce was talking yes. about earlier in our episode here. Get pierced. And I thought, I thought the scene is, and he does make a good point about being like, you're dead. And let's move on from that. But I thought the scene was very reminiscent of Colson from the movies. The way he explains everything just kind of tells Col- uh, Susa what's going on. He's like, you died. We, you, you're supposed to die. We took you out of time. The way he's talking, the way he's smiling, everything here is very reminiscent of when Colson would talk to any of the Avengers or anything like that. I thought it was, was uh, it was very reminiscent of that, and I really, really enjoyed it for that reason. Let me ask you a question. So S.H.I.E.L.D. in the past is not – it's been around for a while. It's a fairly organized group here. So – one of their highest high-ranking agents dies in this pool. Mm-hmm. A couple people take the body. And then in the past, obviously we know that Sousa leaves here. What did the people in the agency, they, they want to go to the morgue and they say, where's his body at? There is no body. We don't know What's how- happening with his body? He's not dead. He's missing. Nobody. Do we have any pictures of him in the in the water? No. There is no. We're gonna put his. We're gonna put a plaque up with him saying he's the first death of an agent of Shield, and we have no body to prove that he actually died or anything other than some cop saying he saw some guy floating in the water. I'm gonna say Simmons had enough time to falsify all these records, saying he got cremated, saying he... But they're say, back yeah. in that time period. They no, no, but, but, still, the people of that time period going, where'd this document come from? It came from somewhere. What's Peggy Carter going to do? She's going to acknowledge it. She would want to see it. Peggy Carter's going to want to see his dead body? She's going to want to know. It's like, well, okay, well, we're going we're gonna to bury him. Oh, well, we I, have no body to bury. Why don't we have a body to bury? Come on. He's like... Well, okay, I have the answer for you. I have the answer for you. Malik covered all this up. Well, now you said something that makes more sense. Why would he do that? I don't know, but at well, least Malik that makes is Hydra, sense. and Hydra killed him, and so I he like wants that. To get I like that. Him. That's a good answer. Thank you. Done. Done. Thank you for listening. Uh, out. We'll, we'll talk to you next time. I'm gonna. The neighbors are calling me to the pool right now. I have to go. So we jump forward in time, and to discover what time period they at, they listen to the radio again. 1970s Alice Cooper. And we're in 1990. No with the, we're in the 90s, guy. listening to the oldie station. No more, Mister right? We're in the 90s, right? I'm singing Alice Cooper over here. Well, I know, but we're in the 90s, and they're listening to the oldie station. Oh, I see what you did there. assuming. We no, completely we do, yes. jumped over the 60s. 73. We're in 1973. At least that's when that song came out. We could be anywhere in the 70s, but... Mm-hmm. Well, we can't be in 1972. No, we, exactly. <laughs> that, that, was a, that was a pivotal year, too. So uh, this is interesting. We're going to the 70s. We don't know much about... Do we know much about S.H.I.E.L.D. in the 70s? I don't think we do, because we touch in the 80s. Yes, we do. Isn't the 80s when we get to see... Uh, Peggy Carter, that's when we get to see Ant-Man. If you'll recall, last season, 
when we were in the lighthouse. Ah, yes. We What's saw his name? Putty. putty. We saw Ant Man. It's, ter- it's, it's, it's terrible that we always say Putty and we don't have his name. We don't we say Joe. We don't say name. Joe from Family Guy. Yes. What is his name? Come oh, on, he has a he has a very very. When I hear we we don't say uh, we don't. Say. But we saw him in the past in the seventies. You know, taking talk in there. Series of unfortunate events. Yeah, we had Lemony Snicket. I love when we go with Putty, a show from the 90s. I know. Isn't that really sad? I'm looking at Putty. That's how sad it is. No. Uh, yeah. His well, Who's going to get first? Name? I'm trying to think it up before I look it up. I'm not, don't look it up. I'm trying to think I'm it. I'm looking it up. Don't look I it up. I already have it. His, his first name is Steve. You liar. <laughs> Patrick Warburton. Patrick Warburton. That's yes. a terrible name. Let's just call him Putty. Putty. It's close. It's peas. Interesting. The, in, something I want to point out—a little nitpick—and I don't know why. You haven't gotten actors, to the button yet. Not yet. But this is the scene. What this when they're listening to the music, they turn it on, and they're all standing around the station, which is a nice little shot there. But my eyes go immediately to, to May, who folds her arms and has like this "come on" look to her, and I'm like, "Why did the actress choose that?" And I can't believe I we're I mean, in the seventies. Yeah, she like crosses her arms and she's like, she like rolls her eyes like. And I'm like, can you believe none of the this? other actors? None of the other actors or actresses, actors as they're called, she's had enough. Had of a this reaction like that. It was just business. her, and I was like, why did she have? Why did? She, why did the actress choose that? To re- why did? Why did? Because it's time to bring in the calor- cavalry. I don't know. It was. It seemed weird because my eyes went right to her because she was the only one that moved and crossed her arms, and I was like, why did she do that? Yeah. So we get to the button, and this is what I wanted to talk about earlier. With is this. This is Hydra on the train because Luke talks with Malik and he wants to help moving forward. He actually mentions, I was the one who called you and told you that Susa was on the train. So this is the Chronicons interfering with time. Now, obviously, we can get to the point of saying, like, this has all happened before. This is cyclical. That's one of those things. There's no paradoxes being created or anything like that. Chronicons always went back in time. They always did this. But this is this is why we know it's Hydra on the train because Malik's like you were the one that called me and told me about Susa on the train. Oh, so you're taking the Terminator route of time travel and not the Back to the Future route. Yes, this is not creating alternate timelines. This is this is always going to happen. Okay. Therefore, it is. Uh, but which they are going to change the future, which is different than the MCU. The MCU, the cin- the film universe yeah, I know. says we've, we've covered this. Yes, and I'm just bringing this. it up again as a reminder and for those I'm listening. Pushing it away as fast as I can. For those of you who are listening and care. No, no. We'll be doing another podcast just talking about the time travel again. <laughs> but I also first like, up. Where am I going to tune in to hear so that? So the the Chronicons have left. They've actually jumped forward in time. Except for this 70s. one, they leave him behind, Luke behind, which means they can we can see this actor later on, which we will probably see this actor again. I thought this was interesting because I don't know. He's like, I'm going to help you moving forward. Have what we does seen that mean? Outside of their ship? No, we haven't. Okay. I don't. Uh, hey. I don't know if we saw the outside of their ship. No, we I have not. We've not seen any of the, I don't think last season either, the season finale. I don't know if I'm wondering if Luke is going to be helping Hydra in any way with any technology. I don't know how much he's going to interfere or if we're going to get an episode with Enoch going up against Luke back in the back in the the 50s like we are and he's going to be stopping him. So are you I don't talking know. about this going to be the technology that they need in the future has always been the technology from the future where to come is this the is this the uh 
the Star Trek Four, where Captain Kirk leaves his glasses in the past. He sells them to get the money, and then he gets mm-hmm. the glasses in the future. So we never know where the glasses actually. There was never from. a creator. Creator. That's a. It's a paradox. It's called something, and I can't remember what I'm. I, I believe it's called this, the Captain Kirk glasses. There's a TV show right now that deals with that, but I'm not even going to mention the name of the TV show because it's a. It, it'll spoil things. I'm just saying there are certain things where like you don't know who created this because it's always been in a time loop, and I think that's really a fascinating concept. It is. So I don't know what the next episode holds. I'm hoping it's a Fitz episode, but we haven't had Fitz yet. This is four episodes in and no Fitz, and we don't have many episodes left in this, so I don't know. If there, I, I'm telling you, I think there's got to be an episode that's going to be an all Fitzy, all Fitzy episode here. Cause I hope they don't call it that. I hope they do. Just out of spite. All right, did this uh, talking about this change your opinion in one way or the oh, other? I still, I, still think it, I still think it's a really interesting episode. I think this answers the question. Sousa does not marry Agent Carter. So that theory, that uh, that thing we've talked about since Agent Carter, who is who Agent who does Agent Carter marry? I mean, I think it's eventually going to be Captain America, but we don't we this answers that question. He was going to die and it was not going to be Sousa that she was going to marry. Maybe she so. married the other guy that you were talking about. Jack Thompson. It's making, yeah. Tom Pretend, Jackson. Well, he's got shot too, so we'll see if he gets brought back into this if we get an answer to that. But I thought this was the reason why I don't think Jack Thompson's out of the realm of being uh talked about in this is they just answered a cliffhanger from Agent Carter. And I thought that was really Really well done. Well, because because Sousa and Agent Carter share a passionate kiss in, in Agent Carter, and so there is the theory that maybe if they had a third season, they would have ended up getting married, and that's how it ties into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But they never got that third season, so it didn't do that. So it kind of answers that question. Sousa was never going to marry Possibly. Agent Carter again. I consider the cliffhanger more to do with Tom Thompson. Tom, no, no, Tom Jackson, not Tom Jackson. That's who I'm calling him. Tom. That's Jackson. fine. Ja- uh, Jack Thompson. Tom Jackson. So I enjoyed that. That's that's good stuff. I enjoyed the episode story. I just think, for some reason, when I was watching it, it, it had this. It just wasn't as engaging as the previous episodes for me. But that's interesting. I found this one to be the best one yet, and this conversation still keeps it in that thought process. I, I think it was a really solid, well done in a, in a series of good episodes. Again, this season is kicking last season's butt. Yes, well done season. Absolutely, and I hope they know where they're going with this and i hope we get a very satisfying ending to this and i think we will all right join us next week when we enter the 1970s with shield excited to see what happens there and until that moment happens what's enoch's bar going to be called who knows i don't know looking forward to finding out though and i am jerry bennett and i'm joel bennett we'll talk to you next time 